Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? I'm Jesse Wilkins, and for this episode, we're going to be covering the celebrity haunting of the infamous Jesse James. Jesse Woodson James was born on September 5th, 1847 in Clay County, Missouri. His parents, Robert and Zerelda Cole James, were both Kentucky natives and had four children, Frank, Jesse, Susan, and Robert Jr., who died as an infant. Jesse's father was a slave-owning farmer and minister, but he would abandon the family when Jesse was just three years old to head to California in search of gold. He would never return. In 1850, Robert James would die of cholera in a gold mining camp. The family owned a 100-acre farm where they used slave labor to grow hemp and raise sheep. Zerelda would remarry after the death of Robert, first to Benjamin Sims, then in 1855 to Dr. Reuben Samuel. She would remain the head of the household for years. Jesse grew up on the farm and he was a popular kid. Locals believed that he would grow up to be a minister like his father, but the Civil War would change those plans. As slave owners, the James family supported the Confederacy during the war. Jesse's older brother Frank fought at the Battle of Wilson's Creek and joined up with the Confederate Raiders. In 1863, Union soldiers visited the James farm seeking information about the Confederate guerrilla bands. The soldiers threatened, beat, and interrogated Jesse James for intel. Enraged by this encounter, Jesse joined his brother Frank in a guerrilla unit led by William Bloody Bill Anderson. Jesse was a natural and adapted quickly to the lifestyle, which would set the pattern for the rest of his life. Plan, attack, flee and hide. In the summer of 1864, Jesse James was shot in the chest during a raid. He would recover, and by September, he was back in business, taking part in an 80-man raid on Centralia, Missouri, led by Bloody Bill. This attack would become known as the Centralia Massacre. Hours later, they would kill and horribly mutilate over 100 soldiers in the 39th Missouri Infantry at the Battle of Centralia. Jesse James would take credit for killing the Union commander, Major Andrew Johnston. This is when they turned from guerrillas to outlaws. Jesse James did not shy away from the publicity. He wrote letters to the Kansas City Times explaining his deeds and claiming his innocence. John Newman Edwards, the editor for the Times, published these letters with the hopes that the Confederates would regain power in Missouri. He also wrote extensive editorials praising Jesse James and promoting him as a Robin Hood-type figure. Meanwhile, Jesse and his brother Frank joined forces with Cole Younger and his brothers, all former Confederate guerrillas. The James Younger gang would go on a string of robberies in multiple states, including West Virginia, Texas, Kansas, and Iowa. They hit banks, stagecoaches, and even a fair in Kansas City. By 1873, they were even robbing trains, but in the Robin Hood fashion. They would mostly just rob the train safe and leave the passengers and their money alone. On April 24, 1874, Jesse would finally tie the knot with his cousin, Zerelda. They had four children, Jesse, Mary, and twin boys who died in infancy. In 1875, the Pinkertons, who had been tracking the James brothers for years, tracked them down and tossed a flare into the Samuel home, exploding and killing James' half-brother, also injuring his mother, who had to have her hand amputated. In 1876, the gang would run into a disaster. 
they attempted to rob a bank in Northfield, Minnesota, where the Younger Brothers were caught and sent to prison. The James Brothers escaped and fled to Tennessee, where they lived under aliases. Jesse became Thomas Howard, and Frank was B.J. Woodson. Eventually, they would start a new gang in Nashville, but the James Brothers didn't trust their new outlaws, as they were not former Confederates like themselves. In 1881, Governor Thomas T. Crittenden issued a proclamation for the arrest of Jesse and Frank James. In 1882, Jesse moved back to Missouri with his family, still using his alias. He passed himself off as a cattle buyer, but was still planning bank robberies. He brought on two men to help with the operation, Robert and Charlie Ford. Little did he know, Robert Ford was working with Governor Crittenden, and on April 3, 1882, Robert killed Jesse James, shooting him twice in the back of the head. His body was identified by two previous bullet wounds and his partially missing middle finger. The Ford brothers were actually tried and found guilty of murder, but they would be immediately pardoned by the governor. After receiving a portion of the reward for shooting Jesse James, the Ford brothers would start a traveling stage show where they reenacted the killing. Charlie Ford, suffering from tuberculosis and a morphine addiction, committed suicide on May 6, 1885, and Robert would be murdered in 1892 by Edward O'Kelly, who walked into Ford's saloon, said, Hello, Bob, and then shot him in the throat with a double-barreled shotgun. O'Kelly would be sentenced to life in prison, but would have his sentence commuted after 7,000 people signed a petition for his release. The governor of Colorado pardoned him on October 3rd of 1902. Frank James eventually surrendered to Governor Crittenden. He would be transferred around a few jails in Missouri and awaited a year for his trial. He would actually be acquitted of all crimes and went to Oklahoma to live with his mother. Frank would work odd jobs for the next 30 years, bouncing from Missouri to Texas to Washington State. And he would eventually return to their farm in Kearney, Missouri, where he would give tours for 25 cents. And for a little extra money, they could even buy some pebbles from Jesse's grave. Frank would die on the farm at the age of 72 on February 18th of 1915. In total, Jesse James and his gang were at large for 16 years, committing robberies and murders across six states. His gang kept the entire state of Missouri in fear, which prevented the economy from growing as his infamy made people hesitant to move and set up shop in the state. After his death, things changed. People flocked to Missouri and businesses began to thrive. Today, the James Farm in Kearney, Missouri is reported to be haunted by several ghosts. The violence that occurred on the property is most likely the reason for the restless paranormal activity. This is the location where Jesse was whipped by Union soldiers as he witnessed his stepfather being strung up as they torched nearby farms. Jesse's mother watched in horror as the Pinkerton detectives murdered her son, Archie, on the property. She also lost her hand in that attack. This is also where Jesse James was buried for a short period of time before they had his body exhumed and moved to Mount Olivet Cemetery. People report seeing lights on long after the property has been closed up for the night when nobody is supposed to be in the building. Staff claim that they feel as though they are being watched, and some say there is an extremely intense feeling of a presence within the home. On foggy mornings, it's said that restless horses can be heard in the woods outside, but they never see any signs of a disturbance or tracks within the trees. They see figures moving around, but security systems never seem to pick up on them. Muffled shots can be heard, perhaps from the ghosts of Civil War soldiers. They also hear ominous cries coming from inside and outside the buildings. And the James Farm isn't the only place where Jesse's ghost could be haunting. The apparition of Jesse James has also been spotted and photographed at the Talbot Tavern in Bardstown, Kentucky. Inside the tavern, plexiglass covers the walls where bullet holes have been left by Jesse James himself. Jesse had a favorite room in this tavern on the second floor. He loved the room because of the murals that were painted on the walls. After one night of cards and plenty of drinking, Jesse decided to call it a night. 
he was awoken when he thought that the birds in the mural were flying at him. Of course, he opened fire on the birds, which left the walls riddled with bullet holes. The owner of the tavern chose not to repair the holes, and he used it as an opportunity to show off the room to customers who wanted to see the scene where Jesse James went a little bit crazy for the night. In 2008, during the Bardstown Ghost Trek, a popular ghost tour in town, one person took a picture of the room and captured an apparition of Jesse James standing in front of a fireplace wearing a white cowboy hat. This wasn't the first time Jesse's ghost had been spotted in this room. An image was also captured, which appears to show Jesse James sitting on the floor holding a mug of beer. In 2017, another photo was captured in the tavern, this time in the conference room, believed to be Jesse James, once again in his white cowboy hat. Multiple EVPs have also been captured of Jesse James inside the tavern. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, the ghost of Jesse James. episode there the uh story of the infamous jesse james i am jesse wilkins and i am joined by rob coakley as always what's up rob i need you to be honest with me did you cover the jesse james episode just so that you could say your own name in an episode rob always, instead of saying, and saying i'm doing fine thanks how are you it decides to ruin my entrance <laughs> by just asking an unrelated question or like it was a related question. Thirteen minutes later, hey Ask Dave, you <laughs> how are you, Dave? My goal is to always keep Dave <laughs> off of this show as long as possible. Well, 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 yes, well. Jesse welcome in, Dave, and Rob is also Jesse. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, grew up. Uh, Whenever anyone would ask me, oh, what's your name? Jesse. Jesse James. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, we also have a special guest uh, joining us on the show. Is a Pinkerton himself. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Captain McSlugs joining us on the show. Welcome to the show, Captain McSlugs. Gentlemen. Very good. E- excellent to have you back again. It's been too long. It's been a pleasure. Andrew, I will <laughs> say for today's <laughs> fault that it took so long to introduce you. Uh, for audio listeners, Andrew has the coolest looking backdrop of all of us. And I know yes. Dave has his, uh, he, Dave for audio listeners, Dave always has this, uh, this flickering chandelier, which always gives a spooky ominous look. I always have my green background. Rob has a very, uh, very lit up background with photo helmets. Andrew comes in with the spookiest looking background of all time. He has a glowing skull in the background and, uh, you can see uh, What is that? Your 3d printer next to you? Or is that your PC printer? 3d printer. Oh, Dave, oh, Dave also has a glowing skull. Chooses not to put it in frame, which would be a where would I put it? I don't know. That's a good point. Hang hang on one of the doors. I thought about that, but then I thought about where it. it, What that would be? Wear it right in your face. (laughs) Yeah, just wear it as a mask. (laughs) (laughs) I should with my swollen face. I could just put on a fucking mask. So this uh, is this is the uh, Missouri week of hometown ghost stories. Apparently, it is. Yeah, this is. um, I. I Oh, I can't. Kearney, I think it is. Uh, Kearney. Kearney is where Kearney. the uh, Kearney, Kearney, St. Louis. So, uh, or it's Kearney, uh, Missouri, not St. Louis. Um, yeah, so we're all over Missouri this week, which is a uh, fun, a fun thing. We didn't even mean to actually tie that in together. It just so happened to uh, work out like that. 
but that's yeah the story of Jesse James. Another fun Wild West story. You know what's funny is is I grew up being called Jesse James, and um, I, I never really looked into the history of Jesse James. I knew loosely about it, but uh, diving into the story, it was a basically a brand new story for me. So it was pretty cool to find out about that. And then there are multiple locations where he's haunting. So the thing with the the farm, and we'll start with the um, the James farm where Frank James lived at his mother seemed to stay there for a long time. His mother and his cousin wife had the same name. Um, and cousin wives were a lot more common in the South back then. They were. Yes. Who knows how common it is now, but probably not as much. The, yeah. So James, or Jesse married. I'm not uh, speaking because I'm not allowed to make fun of people from Missouri again for no, two no, episodes you, in a row. You've done enough of that this week. This location might not be haunted by Jesse James. Like it definitely sounds like it's haunted and you have a lot of civil war ghosts. We dealt with that in Dave's civil war episode, but it sounds like there's the sound of horses outside. There's uh, they hear gunshots, um, which could be from, you know, uh, civil war soldiers or the ghosts of them. Anyways, they see shadows dashing around, but I haven't read many reports that it's actually Jesse James haunting his former farm. Now there's supposed to be ghosts. I don't know who those ghosts might be. So he might not be the one haunting that location. Clearly there was a lot of tragedy, a lot of death. His little brother, Archie was killed uh, by union soldiers out on the location. Several people died at that location. Frank ended up dying at the location. So it could be anyone haunting that place. It might be that the farm is haunted more by uh, Jack and Jesse might be haunting uh, that tavern that we spoke about, but who knows? So I like, like- the, I like the concept of haunted horses. We hear about them a lot. And mm-hmm. every time I hear about somebody hearing a ghost horse, all I can think of is the young Frankenstein, the Farbucha, and then the, the horses, they neigh. Have you guys not seen that movie? I, I've seen it's it. Bad. Bad. So I the exact scene. Oh, so great. Oh, I know the exact scene. That's, <laughs> Quite a connection you made there. <laughs> Every time I hear about ghost, horse, ghost horses, I, I think about that, even though those weren't ghost horses. We've had a bunch of them, and, and it actually, a lot of the hauntings that took place here uh, were very similar to the ones that we just talked about on the St. Louis episode. So you have the lights turning on, hearing the horses as well, and then a lot of the shadow figures. I know those are pretty common um, haunting stories anyways, but the fact that it's in the same state and you're getting the same kind of hauntings makes you wonder if that's kind of the, the theme of the area and the kind of hauntings. I, I haven't really looked into this. If, if certain locations have a lot of similar kind of hauntings, but it definitely drew a lot of connections to uh, the St. Louis episode. I mean, if, if hunt, if haunted horse noises are common in an area where there are a lot of horses, I mean, that makes sense for the paranormal reasons. And that also makes sense for it not being paranormal. Right. You'd say, oh, if there's a lot of horses in the area, then there could be ghost horses. You could, but then you could say, but if you're hearing horses in an area where there's a lot of horses, could just be horses. Be but, horses. But in both in both situations. <laughs> so if we're talking about back in St. Louis at the Lemp Mansion, there were no longer horses outside, but they would hear the horse noises noises from where they had the stables previously. Fair. So you have your ghost horse noises there, and then in this one, um, they would say that they hear horse. Uh, the sound of horses traveling through the trees and in the forest right outside the property. But they so much to a point where they would go outside and see if they see any kind of disturbances in the the grass or the fields or the bushes and they see nothing. And then they also don't see any kind of tracks from horses, which would obviously be left um, 
in the dirt in the mud and everything. So they're not seeing any evidence that horses were actually there, but they're hearing them. So um, ghost horses. That's what, ghost we, horses is a cool that's, that's what we go to. It is a when, cool I, when I think of ghost horses, I go to the headless horseman and I just, mm. all the tales I've seen of that with like the fire eyes or, you know, like just that as a child was one of the creepier tales for me was, any rendition I saw of the headless horseman chasing Ichabod Crane and him just never getting away. And, and it wasn't just the headless horseman himself. It was his horse that he was riding was always a very scary, scary horse. A very cool story. We should definitely do an episode on sleepy hollow. You've been to sleepy hollow, haven't you? I have. And if we ever did it, we would just go because it is about three and a half hours away from us. So many of these locations are exactly three and a half hours away from us. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's how it works out. Everything is three and a half hours. There will hours be no more, no less. <laughs> Traveling will take three and a half hours every time. Yes. So, yeah, getting back to Jesse James, though, that tavern story, what the hell? How much did he drink that night that he thought that the birds were coming alive to... <laughs> It's like having oh, I wonder if there was some opium mixed in there or, yeah, or something I, else, but there was, uh, yeah, he thought the birds were coming alive from the mural and shot the place up. Imagine having that kind of status where you're so well-renowned and you're such like a celebrity that you can open fire in your hotel room and they don't kick you out. Right. I mean, this is also the Wild West. True. I feel like that might have been more a common of an occurrence back then and out there in that area. For sure. Post the sure. war. But then you also have the kind of clout where they're like, we're not even going to fix these walls. We're just going to leave them because now it's a cool story and they can uh, use it to sell more rooms or just be a tourist attraction. And or, this, you know, or they were like, now this hotel room has more bullet holes in it like all the other ones do because it's the Wild West. <laughs> and all the hotels have bullet <laughs> But it's like it's like it's like stars on Yelp. No, no, no. We have five bullet holes. <laughs> <laughs> you see this time and time again with these outlaw figures, though, where um, whether it's Jesse James, whether it's um, Bonnie and Clyde, if they do something to a place that they're at, they do their best to keep it intact, even while they're still alive, just to show off that Bonnie and Clyde were there, that Jesse James was here to make it more of a tourist attraction. Hell, you could still go look at. The, I mean, they didn't shoot the bullets, but you can go still look at the car that they died in, right? So, yeah, it's it's a way to bring people to an establishment. Yeah, they have a painting of what's supposed to be Jesse James hanging above, I think it's the fireplace in that room. And this is the same photo. Now, I've seen this attached to every cowboy that you search online if you're trying mm-hmm. to do something. And there was one that we did on uh, – what episode was it? Um it was the, the one that I first created the cowboy music for. And I can't, oh. his name's escaping me, but I actually. Whispers of State. Uh, I can't remember his name. Either. I should remember this stuff, man. I've, I did the episode and everything. Anyways, when I searched images of that cowboy, that painting popped up and I used it in the episode. And we all called out in the YouTube comments. Someone was like, that's Billy the Kid. I was like, oh, shit, I used the wrong image. Damn. And then I'm searching pictures of Jesse James and every third photo is this same picture. So now I'm like, is it Jesse James? Is it Billy the kid? Is it the, uh, the cowboy that we covered in that? Now I got to look it up, but is it the cowboy that we covered in that? So I don't know who this picture is. Was it Arizona? It's, 
Bucky McCat. Uh, no. It's Bucky McCat. Bucky McCat. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I started, um, so I made a Red Dead reference. If people didn't understand why I said Pinkertons so strangely, uh, that's a Red Dead Redemption joke. And um, the Pinkertons, obviously, they were the ones that showed up and threw a, I guess, a flare into. Um, into the it's technically the Samuel house because when Jesse James' mother remarried, she took on the surname of Samuel. Um, but it was the Jesse James farm, and that was the one where she lost her hand. And then um, she also uh, their son, her son Archie, died um, in that explosion as well. Um, one second, I'm going to show you guys the picture. There was like Twitter. no good guys in the 1800s. Like, yeah, those are the pictures. <laughs> this is the photo I'm talking about. So this is the one that this pops up on a lot of things. So this one's uh, history. Well, it's not history.com. It's history.howstuffworks.com. There it is. Uh, it's very reputable. Uh, but that's uh, that's the photo I was talking about. We used oh, that okay. in the uh, the St. Louis episode. Yeah, that's, and um, that's definitely not Billy the Kid. So I. It might be Jesse James. Mm. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Well then, um, yeah. Just going back to the point I was making, there was no good guys on any side of anything in the Wild West. Like the Pinkertons were were not good people. The outlaws were not good people. There was just no good people in general fighting these battles. Yeah, it was Sam Bass. Sam Bass. Yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, you know, it's funny is that like I didn't. I was looking up the episode and I didn't even have to pull it up. I just, I just, it just came back to me as soon as I looked at the image for the uh, Whispers of State episode. And uh, but yeah, it was Sam, Sam Bass. So that was the image. If you Google image Sam Bass, that picture pops up. You Google image Jesse James, that picture pops up. According to that random guy on YouTube, it's Billy the Kid. Apparently that's Jesse James at a young age. And it does kind of have the same chin as Jesse James, but I chose not to use the picture just so I didn't have it in several episodes, especially if I'm wrong and it's not Jesse James. I don't want to get called out for using the same image of a cowboy in several episodes. Anyways. Imagine you use the same content in an episode. That would blasphemous. Yeah. Rob's never done that. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he very well could be haunting this tavern. There were a couple of EVPs. I didn't include the audio. I sent an email to Patty Starr, who's the one who captured the photos. She also had EVPs, but she never got back to me, so I did not uh, include the audio. But the audio, uh, the EVPs are pretty chilling. So, Jesse, what do you think is going on with Jesse James' ghost? Is it haunting one location? Do you think it's haunting multiple locations? What have you discovered on your research on this? I wouldn't rule anything out. So you have, obviously, the farm, which is haunted. I talked about that earlier. I think mm-hmm. that's haunted by ghosts. I don't know if it's Jesse James ghost. I think there's enough evidence to back up the claim that he might be haunting that tavern. Um, but again, we don't know the rules. We don't make the rules. There could be other locations out there that he's haunting. But from the evidence that I've seen, um, it looks like his ghost could be at the tavern. The, the photos were very grainy, very little shaky. I don't know if that's Jesse James. It definitely looks like a cowboy. Mm-hmm. So could have been Billy the Kid. Could have been Billy the Sam Kid. Bass. Yeah, Sam Bass. Yeah, they all seem to. I mean, they as a kid, they all looked identical. Could so, have been the Waco that. Kid. You never know. What about the the house that he got shot in? Was there any? Um, is that house still standing? I mean, I'm not put, trying to put you on the spot, but did you find any other location that he there might are, be? In? There are modern photos of it. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him haunting that location. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But to talk about that real quick, how crazy is it that the guy that straight up murdered, uh, I think it was Bobby Ford, yeah, when it went into Bobby's oh, bar, right? Yeah, yeah, or Bob's bar, Robert, and uh, just walked up to him like, "Hey, what's up, Bob?" and shot him in the neck with a double-barreled shotgun, and then that would make quite a mess. Got found guilty, right? Clearly murder, mm-hmm. and enough people were like, "No, that's cool." Oh, we like that murder. Let him go. <laughs> the closer you get like, to the right. the closer you get to the Constitution, the more serious they took stuff like petitions and like uh, that the people are a check against the government. That's just seven thousand. Isn't that much? More people's I four million people signed a petition to get Amber Heard removed from Aquaman, and they're they're probably not going to do it. So thousand people to uh, sign a petition to get this man acquitted of murder that he definitely did. I'm, I'm going to counter you. It. I'm Go going to counter you. There was a petition to bring the movie Morbius back to the movie theaters. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw this, but they had this petition go out for Morbius to come back to the theaters. And the studio was like, people want to go to the theater and see this movie. The they release it. They release it back. And nobody goes and sees it. They couldn't catch a hint that they were getting trolled hold, real quick. Hold on. Okay, it's go ahead. Done. So a couple days ago, a new petition came out and goes, ah, we were busy that weekend. Release oh, okay, Morbius yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got like 25,000 signatures. <laughs> <laughs> we were busy that weekend. I guess uh, petitions, they, they had, uh, that, that one is just wild to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, so just, like, that's but, the poll that Jesse James had. It was getting like, a bunch of people to sign a petition about a movie to pressure a movie company to do something, you know, in the interest of like the general public is one thing, but petitioning the government to reverse a court ruling is an entirely different thing. You know what right. I mean? It's just the court's not like we feel pressured. It was actually a rule. Like if you get a certain amount of signatures on a petition that the government has to look at this petition and take it seriously. Yeah. But I feel like as an official, you'd look at it and be like, on what grounds he did this? It was murder. Yeah. And it, it, that just yeah. shows how cool everyone thought Jesse and Frank James were. And we'll get to Frank in a second too. Cause so with, with Jesse James, it was like, like he had so much clout and, and everyone loved this guy that, you know, the person who actually killed him, they're like, no, 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 no. shoot and kill him. And then we're going to, we're going to sign a petition, get you, get you released. And then Frank James, who was definitely guilty. I mean, clearly it was, it, he was, it was Frank and Jesse. And this and the um, can't remember the name of the the, the gang that they they dealt, that they linked up with, but I mean they went on a crime the younger, the younger gang. Yeah, I wanted to say yeah. Samuel, but it was the younger game gang. And for sixteen years, they're murdering people, they're robbing trains, they're robbing banks. They're they are criminals, the most infamous infamous criminals in the country. For sixteen years, they commit crimes, and everyone knows it. And they finally, and Frank turns himself in. It wasn't like they found him and arrested him on shaky charges. No, he turned himself in for these crimes. And then they just was like, eh, nah, it's fine. Go live with your mom. <laughs> it's like, they had so much pull. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's kind of, I mean, it's so funny, the parallels between that and the Barrow gang, because Clyde Barrow did look up to Jesse James. That's, when he was a kid, he always wanted to play um, Outlaws, and he always was Jesse James. And then his brother t- 
turns himself in and they send his brother home and it's like, yeah, just go stay with your mom for a little bit. We can't yeah. believe you actually turned yourself back in. So and you're free the, to go. And we talked about it. even the mother in that case, like there was credible evidence that she was basically laundering money for them or paying off officials or whatever. And they're like, ah, you're an old lady. How's yeah. How about a month in jail? How about that? And she's like, oh, how about a week? They're like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> different, different legal system back in the day. Different legal system and different perception of people that got larger than life for crimes, right? They became anti-heroes before there was anti-heroes. Like people talk about that coming in like the 80s, like the, the age of the anti-hero, but it was criminals from like the late 1800s to the 1930s where People thought that they represented them and they were doing what they couldn't do, which was stand up to the government and to whoever they felt had wronged them. Right. And even with like um, Jesse and Robert, after they killed him, they they went on, they tried to use that as their claim to fame. They only got a portion of the reward money because they were working with the government to track them down and, and apprehend them. Mm-hmm. So actually law enforcement collected most of the reward for Jesse James. And uh, for them, I mean, they, they obviously tried to monetize it. They went on the show. They had, I mean, they went on the road. They had their little show reenacting the killing, but everyone hated it. And everyone painted these guys as cowards. And there were, there's books written about them. There was, uh, they were just like, this, this, this is the coward that shot Jesse in the back of the head. Cause the, the, the story about it is um, obviously I had mentioned in the episode, Jesse brought him into the gang. And they were going to plan some bank robberies together. It was obviously a sting operation. And I have this moth flying around me. I'm going to kill it at some point. I'm sorry, guys. Well, that's some people that are watching this moth just zooming around my screen right now. Anyways, um, he had brought them in and they were going to work together. And obviously it wasn't going to work out. But at one point, um, Jesse was in the house and he noticed that a painting was dusty. So he got up on the couch to try to dust the picture off. And um, before... Before that, almost in like um, like the movie Blow. You know in the movie Blow when, when um, Johnny Depp gets up and goes to the bathroom and this is like the final operation where he finally went to jail as an old man and they took his knife away and they hid it for when he came yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of the same situation. So I guess Jesse James had stepped out of the room and uh, Charles had moved Jesse's guns from where they normally were across the room to where he wouldn't see them just so he could get them. And then Jesse got up Noticed that the picture was dusty. He got up to dust the picture, and that's when uh, Charles shot him in the back of the head twice. Allegedly. And to your point, they still paint them as cowards because there's a movie that came out, what, 10 years ago, maybe a little longer, with Brad Pitt and Casey Affleck. It was called The Assassination of Jesse James as Told by the, Robert, as told by the Coward Robert Ford. Right? <laughs> Is that really what that's the, that's <laughs> I haven't the, seen it. Yeah. That's the name of the movie. So it's he still gets that moniker to this yeah. day. Just an absolute coward. So that just goes I mean it goes to show how much the public was on on their sides. Uh there is a theory that he faked his death. And it was such a strong theory that um there is a gravestone in te- so the, the theory is that he lived out his days in Texas and that he faked his death in um, to the point where there was a gravestone that I'm going to pull up. There's a whole book written about it, which we just discovered right before we started airing this show. And I regretfully haven't read it, but I'm going to. It's, on it's called list. The Mysterious Life and Faked Death of Jesse James. And it's a deep investigation into the historical documents that prove the notorious outlaw Jesse James faked his own death. And allegedly it presents um, the legend that Jesse James 
uh, the legend of Jesse James encounters it with the real story based on his family records, has photographic evidence, um, a Jesse James journal, and it allegedly debunks the uh, 1995 DNA test um, of Jesse James' supposed remains. That's crazy. So, long I'm story back. short, he's still alive. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. There you go. He was born in 19, 1847, so that's, that's an old man. Um, so, with well, Elvis and Tupac. Yeah, so he part. supposedly lived out his days in Texas and to a point where there's actually a grave marker in, I believe it's uh, Granbury, Texas, and the the gravestone reads, Jesse Woodson James, born September 5th, 1847, died August 15th, 1951. And then underneath that, it says supposedly killed in 1892 or whatever the year is. I can't really read it on this picture. But when was he born? 1847. So he was 103? Four? According to, according to, I mean, yeah. According to the gravestone. Late 1800s when the life expectancy was still like 50. If that, yeah. Really impressive. This yeah. is <laughs> this is like a story. common thing, though, because Billy the Kid has almost the exact same story where a man came forward in like the 1940s and he's like, I'm actually Billy the Kid. I faked my death. And there was like strong evidence to back it. And we'll probably do a Billy the Kid episode at some point so we won't get too deep into it. And I have to freshen up on it. But the point being is this is almost the same exact story that you can get for Billy the Kid. So that's why I'm skeptical on it. I wonder if Sam Bass has the same story too. Maybe mm. he was just kidding. <laughs> nice. That's why he brought you on, Captain McSlugs. <laughs> Boom. Got it. <laughs> Maybe this is why they all have the same uh, a picture of when they were 13 years old. <laughs> Wait, have the three of them ever been seen in the same place at the same time? That's a good point. Yeah, they're all Not- sitting right in front of each other in that one picture. <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> Not lately. Yeah. No. Maybe. Not since 1975, mm. whenever he's died. So what's your final verdict? Is he haunting places or not, Dave? No, he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's the ultimate conspiracy theorist. Dave, Dave is in a mood tonight. It started with him with him being all upset because I don't just say hello because I like to have mm. fun banter before we bring, bring him on the show. And uh, ever since then, he's kept that energy. I don't mm. like it. Mm, I don't like sorry. it one bit. I don't like sorry. Dave one bit. <laughs> Fair. Sounds good. Anyways, uh, uh, Dave, your your theory, ghost. Um, I so I have a, I have a common theory with all of these uh, celebrity hauntings, and that is just there, you're, there's going to be a celebrity ghost story with every single celebrity who's ever died. People are going to see the sightings of them because <laughs> they're just immortalized. So I I think. I think that this one, along with most of the other ones that we've covered, I have been unconvinced that the hauntings are real. I think you're right. I, th- I think there's there's a thing to it because there's also the whole theory surrounding celebrities faking their deaths. Elvis, Tupac, Jesse James, uh, plenty of other ones. There's a, a ton of them. And it's just because people have their favorite celebrities and they don't want their favorite celebrities to be dead. So then when it's 150 years later or whatever uh, – then it's oh, okay. Well, maybe they didn't fake their death, but now their ghost is here. It's just they, yeah. they, the people don't want their favorite people to be actually gone forever. So I, I think you're right about that. I think it, it could be right in the in the sense of people just want there to be their ghosts, and people want them to have faked their death because they don't want to see their favorite people go. But 
I would have to look into more locations where Jesse James could be haunting. I don't think there's enough evidence to say that Jesse James haunts the James farm, but I think if he was haunting anywhere, it would it'd probably be there or maybe the place that he died. Um, I want to hear Andrew's theory, but I just want to counter that real quick where I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I believe that statement that people are looking to immortalize celebrities and we're going to probably come across some in the future that I don't think are factual. But I think when we're talking about people like Jesse James or Bonnie and Clyde, they were different types of celebrities and they lived a very different lifestyle where there is a lot of traumatic experiences shared, you know, not shared between them, but like shared in this aspect that they did a lot of shit. Like just to put it bluntly, there was a lot of shit that went on with, with these type of outlaws. And I find that more likely to be haunting than, you know, if you just say Judy Garland's haunting lot 57 and blah, 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 because she filmed the commercial there once. No, you're right about that. Cause there's a lot of, a lot more things are happening in their life. Right. So Jesse James has been shot multiple times. He's killed multiple people. He's been part of, um, was part of the civil war. Right. So, so there's definitely plenty of reasons for him to be haunting. There was also, if you're going to go the conspiracy side of things, there was plenty of reasons for him to fake his own death. He was already living under an alias, right? So he had already gone through the process of changing his name and trying to hide and completely change his identity already. What's to say he didn't fake his death and do it again? So maybe he did. I'm going to read this book and we'll we'll circle back to Jesse James and whether or not we think that there's any uh, any truth behind him faking his death. Andrew, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's a little far-fetched to assume that the ghost that's haunting this place is Jesse James. I have to agree with Dave with like the fact that... Um, it's because you don't want him to punch you. I don't want him to punch me. And um, I also I think it's far-fetched to assume that any celebrity ghosts are really at these locations people say. I think it's publicity. They want people to come to their locations to come see the celebrity ghost, like the Menger Hotel. I don't really believe that Teddy Roosevelt is out there recruiting members in the bar. That's a great example. I don't believe that for a second. Yep. It's a great, great example. Story. We, we talked, we talked about that um, too in the Bonnie and Clyde one where it was that there was a yeah. hotel, you know, right? Rob, the hotel that, that was, they supposedly stayed at that they were haunting. And yeah. Was, but maybe that they were trying to just great story. And I would absolutely, no. if I were in the area, I would stay there because of that story. <laughs> well, but <laughs> you, what you guys are forgetting about what the Bonnie and Clyde one is, it is an abandoned hotel that is run down. Right, so there's so, no reason for them to there's be no reason to market that now. To be marketing this abandoned, rundown hotel, mm-hmm. it's you know it's under no renovation. It is legitimately just toast. Yeah, if we're point. yeah, if you're going to San Antonio, we're talking about the Menger Hotel and the Emily Morgan Hotel. Part of the selling point is that it is a haunted hotel for people exactly like us who were happening. We happen to be going to San Antonio anyways, so we just Google it. We're like, where? What are the most haunted hotels? Okay, mm. we're either staying at the Menger or we're staying at the Emily Morgan. And right. it was, that's how we settled on it. That's and that's who got our money. So it does work. It does work, and I understand the the lore behind it. But I also understand the idea of why this adds credibility to the fact that they could be haunting is because of the lifestyles that they lived. So it remains to be seen. And this whole conspiracy theory we'll come back to. I'm gonna read this entire book. Yeah, we should right. do. Uh, I'm gonna read it also, and we should um, do like a follow up episode for Patreon. 100%. Well, what we'll do just 
throw this out there because this is what Jesse does. He makes decisions for us on air. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll do we'll cover it's the only Billy. T- it's the only time I think about you guys is when I actually <laughs> have to look at you. We'll cover the Billy the Kid faking of his death, and we'll cover the Jesse James one and the same thing. A little follow up, like cool. I see it. Cool. Well, that was Jesse James, the ghost of Jesse James, and probably Frank James, maybe mm-hmm. Archie. Who knows? Yeah, could be any of them. Uh, Captain McSlugs, I want to thank you for joining us on the show. If you are interested in accordion, then follow Captain McSlugs on TikTok. Well, how many followers are you up to there, Captain McSlugs? Is your time to shine? 1.3 million. 1.3 million followers on TikTok. Go follow them, Captain McSlugs. They are hilarious videos. And um, yeah, we'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new live episode. We're going to Alcatraz this week. Should be a lot of fun. Tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if you can. Swing by iTunes, leave us a review. That's how you support the show. Also, the way you support the show is on Patreon. So I want to thank everybody who has subbed on Patreon. All of our patrons. Nice. Did I do it? Did I do good enough that time, Dave? Yeah, check the Yeah, that was good enough that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? That's it from me. Very cool. All right, then. Uh, we'll catch you uh, on Tuesday. See you. Thanks.